Welcome to Elder Care Radio on 93.3 and 1390 WRSC. This presentation is brought to you by the law offices of Steinbacher, Goodall, and Yorchak, bringing you the latest information on how to best plan for the second part of life in the most tax-efficient, cost-effective way possible. Whether you have a loved one already in a nursing home and spending thousands of dollars each month to pay for care, or you're simply planning ahead, you'll hear ideas that will help you pay for long-term care without going broke in the process. Now, welcome to the show. Good morning and welcome to the show. I'm Chris Forshe. Let's rejoin attorney Jenna Franks and certified Medicaid planner Kristen Doherty from Steinbacher Goodall and your check. Before we get into the topic and focus specifically on dementia, Kristen and Jenna, you are both actually recognized by the National Council of Certified Dementia Practitioners as certified dementia practitioners. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, this is really exciting for not just our firm, Chris, but really the community. Every day we hear more and more about dementia, and it really is a fear for everyone. Being in the elder law field, we realized how little people tend to really know about dementia. A perfect example of this is that most people do not realize that Alzheimer's disease is actually a form of dementia. This is exactly why Jenna and I felt it was really important to dedicate this show to dementia and the planning that must be done now. And Kristen, you're also a certified Alzheimer's disease and dementia care trainer. Yes, I recently took a trip to Arizona to actually undergo this very intensive training to become a certified Alzheimer's disease and dementia care trainer. So part of that training allows me to actually go forward and train other professionals in the community so they can become certified dementia practitioners. Our goal by doing this is providing the knowledge to all professionals in our field so we can all work together to do a better job. The certified dementia practitioner is an intensive training for the frontline healthcare workers such as home health aides, personal care home staff, nursing home staff, hospital staff, clergy, first responders, and really anyone who may be helping a person who has dementia. The purpose and importance of the training is to promote, encourage, and enhance the knowledge and skills of all individuals who provide care to a person with dementia. At Steinbacher Goodall and Yurchak, we want to set the bar even higher for delivery of services by healthcare professionals and frontline staff. And Kristen, are the staff at SGY going through this training? Yes, many of the staff at our firm have already gone through the Certified Dementia Practitioner Training or certain portions of the training. As a firm, we want to do the best job possible handling these difficult situations. We recognize how hard it is for families when their loved ones receive a diagnosis of dementia. So we want to be a resource, a warm and welcoming environment where we can help you navigate through this diagnosis. Actually, we've been strategizing a lot of ways to make our firm more dementia-friendly. And it really is more about just getting someone to pick up the phone, talking to somebody that knows how to navigate through this, Mm -hmm. and then working with them to put a plan in place. How are you at Steinbacher Goodall Yurchak making the firm more dementia-friendly? That's a great question, Chris, and I'm so glad we get to talk about this. And as we go through some of the things that we're doing as a firm, some of them might seem so simple but they really make big impacts to our clients and our families that are coming in, especially the individual who may have a diagnosis of dementia or another cognitive impairment. Things that we're doing, simplifying our waiting rooms and conference rooms, simplifying our waiting rooms and conference rooms. Clutter can be stimulating for anyone. 
I know when I walk into somebody's house or there's stuff everywhere, that can be stressful. <laughs> Imagine yeah. having a dementia diagnosis and walking in and there's things laying all over, pens and books and papers. So we've really taken a lot of time to go through our conference room and waiting rooms to make sure that we're reducing the clutter. Making the environment more inviting. Yes, exactly. We're also looking at our lighting in the conference rooms. Is it too bright or too dark? We are purchasing assistive devices, such as amplifiers, to help those who have a hearing impairment, Y pens for those who have a hard time physically signing their names, white noise machines to help muffle outside noises, more comfortable seating, such as couches, and even placing reader glasses in the conference room. On top of all this, we're providing trainings for all of our staff at the firm, so we're ready to handle a person who has a dementia diagnosis. Kristen Steinbacher, good on your check. Sounds like a great resource for our community as you are prepared to help our listeners handle the diagnosis from day one throughout the entire process. Yes, yeah, Steinbacher, good on your check, has social workers on staff to help with the day-to-day needs of anyone who comes into our office, especially those who may have a dementia diagnosis. We provide guidance to our clients through these challenging times. We work with other leading elder law firms throughout the country to make sure that we are providing the best services possible to our clients. Can you talk a bit about the different types of dementias? Yes, it's a huge misconception that all dementias are the same. This actually couldn't be further from the truth. Getting a proper diagnosis is the most important thing you can do if your loved one is displaying any symptoms of a cognitive impairment. Just like when we talked about how important it is to seek a law firm that focuses in elder law, the same's true when you're worried about a loved one that has dementia. Your primary care physician may be a good place to start, but you should see a neurologist that specializes in dementia. The neurologist would be able to do the clinical testing necessary to get the appropriate diagnosis and then the right treatment. This is the single most important part of the dementia process, getting that right diagnosis so that you can receive the right treatment. How hard is it for someone to pick up the phone and call you and say, hey, I'm worried that my loved one may be suffering from dementia. What do I do next? Because obviously that's a severely trying time when someone has to pick up the phone and make that call. It's always worth making the call to us, if, if nothing else, just to vent. We're a resource in the community, and even if we can't help you, we can direct you to other resources that should be able to help. Let's talk about the few different types of dementia. Can you tell our listeners about some of the different types of dementias, starting first with, I think, the one we're most familiar with, Alzheimer's disease? That's right. The dementia that we hear the most about is Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease is the number one cause of dementia, including 60 to 80 percent of people who are diagnosed with dementia. Alzheimer's disease is a progressive disease. In the early stages, there's memory loss, which eventually progresses to individuals losing the ability to have a conversation. They can't really manage their care needs. They might even potentially lose the ability to swallow as their brain can no longer tell their body what to do. So it's a pretty scary disease. Alzheimer's disease is also the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. There are treatments that may be able to help slow the progression of the disease, but unfortunately, there really is no cure. Many individuals with Alzheimer's disease actually live many years after they're diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And we'll continue our discussion about Alzheimer's disease and more when we come back on Elder Care Radio. Welcome back to Elder Care Radio on 93.3 and 1390 WRSC. 
Welcome back to Elder Care Radio. We continue our conversation with Jenna and Kristen. Alzheimer's disease, the most common form of dementia that most people can reference or relate to, but it's not the only form of dementia. That's right, Chris. The second most common form of dementia is multi-infarct dementia, which is probably more commonly known as vascular dementia. Some of the symptoms of vascular dementia include disorientation, trouble speaking, difficulty walking, poor balance, numbness or paralysis on one side of the face or body, or stroke-like symptoms. The diagnosis for multi-infarct dementia is intensive neurocognitive testing. Many experts believe that vascular dementia remains underdiagnosed. While a lot of the symptoms may seem similar to those in Alzheimer's disease, a lot of them can actually vary quite a bit. Lewy body dementia is the third most common cause of dementia. Some of the symptoms of Lewy body dementia include movement symptoms, such as a hunched posture, rigid muscles, a shuffling walk, and trouble initiating movement. Other symptoms include changes in thinking and reasoning, confusion and alertness that varies significantly from one time of a day to another, slowness, gait imbalance, well-formed visual hallucinations, delusions, trouble interpreting visual information, sleep disturbances, and malfunctions of the nervous systems. Unfortunately, there are not any tests to diagnose Lewy body dementia at this time, and clinical testing is the best way for medical professionals to determine that someone may have Lewy body dementia. Let's switch gears briefly then and talk about Parkinson's because that's technically another type of dementia. Yeah, that's right, Chris. And a lot of people think that Parkinson's disease is more of a physical condition, which it is. But 50 to 80% of individuals who are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease will end up with a Parkinson's dementia. I feel like this is a diagnosis that Jenna and I are hearing a lot more about right now at our office. Someone with Parkinson's disease that ends up with Parkinson's dementia is often diagnosed many years after the initial diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Outside of Parkinson's dementia, Lewy body dementia, Alzheimer's disease, and vascular dementia, there's hundreds of other forms of dementia. You can see why it's so important to get the appropriate diagnosis to make sure you're getting the right treatments. Are there any types of dementia that are actually treatable? While there is no cure for any of the dementias that we've discussed so far, there are treatments that can help slow down the process for certain forms of dementia. Also, there are some types of dementia that can be reversed. Some of these reversible forms of dementia are related to depression, infections, thyroid issues, nutritional deficiencies, cancer, side effects of medication, substance abuse, and infectious diseases such as HIV. We hear over and over again that someone's dementia began with hallucinations or memory changes. This is typically a sign of reversible dementia, like a urinary tract infection. However, left untreated, some of these could turn into a bigger medical issue. So if you suspect dementia or a loved one may be showing signs of dementia, where do you go first? Well, there are two places that come in mind, your doctor and your elder law attorney. Your primary care physician can start with some testing, but ultimately should refer you to a neurologist that specializes in cognitive impairments. He or she will be able to go through the appropriate testing to diagnose the form of dementia that you have and then provide the appropriate treatment. We cannot stress enough that the diagnosis of dementia is not enough. You need to see the medical professional qualified to diagnose what form of dementia you have so that you can receive the best treatment. So you've received the diagnosis. You or your loved one are now receiving treatment. 
What do you do once the medical side of the issue has been addressed? That's a great question, Chris. Call our office. At Steinbacher Get All in Your Check, we offer that free initial consultation where you can meet with our certified dementia practitioners and our attorneys to start your planning. Many individuals who have a dementia diagnosis are otherwise healthy and may live a very long life. But as the disease progresses, some type of care will likely be needed. Most individuals with a dementia diagnosis are actually in great physical health otherwise, but completely unaware of what's going on and unable to make decisions at some point throughout the progression. Someone with dementia can easily live 5, 10, 15, or maybe more years in some type of skilled nursing facility. As we discussed in our other shows, it's over $10,000 a month for skilled nursing home care in Pennsylvania. So you could see how easily you can lose all of your assets if you live in a nursing home for many, many years. Even if you have not already engaged in some type of planning, when you receive that diagnosis, it's the time to call our office to get started. We talked about the five-year look back in our other shows. This is a great time to get started with that five-year look back. We can still protect assets and get you qualified for the help you need, even if you have a diagnosis or even if you need care now. Nobody ever wants to go to any type of facility to receive care, but sadly, that's not always practical when we're dealing with a dementia diagnosis. There's a lot to consider. The safety of the individual who has dementia, the safety and the health of the caregivers. Jenna and I hear a lot of stories about things that can go wrong when you try to keep someone home and it's no longer safe. What if the individual with dementia leaves the stove on? What if they get in their car and go for a drive and get lost? What if they start wandering? What if they have sundowners and are on the complete opposite time cycle that you are? We hear of spouses that don't ever sleep. They're staying up 24-7 to take care of their husband and wife. We also realistically deal with most children living out of the area. While there is help available for in-home care, nursing home placement may be the only option if you have a diagnosis of dementia. However, our office We help walk through those options with you and figure out what makes the most sense. Can we help get in-home care for you to keep your loved one home? Or do we need to look at nursing home placement? A lot of folks initially have the idea, I'm just going to take on the care and provide it on my own. But what they quickly realize or come to find out, that's just not always possible. And a lot of cases, not super realistic without dragging everybody else into it as well. You're right, Chris. Um, All too often, we start off with a new client and they're saying in-home care, in-home care. And within a matter of days or weeks, we're talking about placement at that point in time. And honestly, in-home care can be really costly. There are some benefits to help pay for that, which we'll talk about as well in another show. But if we're going to private pay for in-home care, it can cost about $25 an hour. If you need to pay for 24-hour-a-day care for your loved one, you're looking at $600 a day, $4,200 a week, and $16,800 a month. Kristen, thank you so much for the information. Coming up after the break, we're going to discuss several scenarios you may find yourself in and what you could do to get the help that you need. It's all coming up in just a moment on Elder Care Radio. Welcome back to Elder Care Radio on 93.3 and 1390 WRSC. 
Welcome back to the show. We continue our discussion with Kristen Doherty, certified Medicaid planner, and Jenna Frank's attorney with Steinbacher Goodall and Yurchak. Now we've talked about the different types of dementia and how hard it is to provide care on your own. Let's run through some of the scenarios, that the common scenarios that you all run into every day in your office as you meet with folks. Yeah, Chris, one of the situations that Jenna and I run into more often than we like is getting the phone call from somebody that we met with five, six, seven years earlier earlier that decided not to do any planning at that point in time. And now they're calling because their husband or wife or mom or dad need care. They have dementia, they need in-home care, they need nursing home care, and they didn't do that planning. There's so much at risk by not engaging in the planning. There's assets, real estate, income, and really that peace of mind at the end of the day. If you're hesitant and you're worried, you have nothing to lose by calling our office and scheduling that free initial consultation. We'll give you lots of options to consider. We'll talk about your specific planning and what your options are, and we're going to tell you what's at risk if you need nursing home care. Best case scenario, you did your planning in advance. We were able to protect your nest egg and everything that you wanted to tuck away. However, please keep in mind, even if you need care now, there are still options. We may not be able to protect as much, but there's still strategies that we can implement to help you. Now, Chris, I also wanted to spend a few minutes talking about something that Jenna and I have seen a lot more lately. We're starting to see individuals that are much younger with dementia diagnosis. I'm talking 40s and 50s. It's heartbreaking. It is so sad to sit down with individuals that may be our age or a little bit older that their husband or wife need nursing home care now. It's a lot of stress on those families. We may even have children who are still minors in high school or college. We're here to help in those situations too. There's actually a lot of laws that protect individuals who may be a little bit younger and have a spouse or children that are younger. So there's definitely ways that we can help out with families as well. Even more important, if you are diagnosed younger, to get together with your medical professional and your medical team and your elder law attorney to make sure all that planning is in place so you don't risk losing everything. Obviously, that impact goes just beyond worrying about nursing home care. That You're talking about the finances of the family and everything being at stake, especially if one of the main providers can no longer work a job. It is so heartbreaking when we see any situation, when we're dealing with anything in our office, quite honestly. Jenna and I don't always have a fun job, but we're here to help. And this is what we do every single day. And at the end, And at night when I go home, I know that I did a good job helping people navigate something that's nearly impossible. And we've been able to give them peace of mind and help them implement strategies to protect assets and really just go to bed that night. And it all starts with a conversation. It does. Again, we offer that free initial consultation. There's no obligation to call our office to have that conversation with Jenna and I. We're here to talk to you. Um, talk you through your options, and let you know what makes the most sense. So then, Jenna, what actually happens when you're diagnosed with dementia? Are you no longer allowed to make decisions for yourself, or can you still participate in that planning process? Actually, you still have a right to make your own decisions. Just because you're diagnosed with dementia doesn't mean that you're completely shut off from making your own decisions at that point. You still get to continue making your own decisions until typically a doctor would step in and say you're no longer to make 
financial and or health care decisions anymore. And then it would typically be up to your powers of attorney at that point in time to step in and kind of take care of those things for you. But typically, as soon as you're diagnosed with dementia, you still have some time before you're completely unable to make decisions. So once again, then that's where the powers of attorney come in. It's so important that you have those power of attorney documents in place where you actually get to pick who you want to be making decisions for you if you're not able to make those decisions yourself. Now, in order to be able to sign a power of attorney document, you have to be able to understand what it is you're signing. You don't necessarily need to understand the document word for word, but you do need to understand that you are appointing somebody to be able to make decisions for you. Each week, we talk about the power of attorney because it really is the most important document. Remember, not all powers of attorney are created equal. The law says that your power of attorney can only do what the document allows them to do. So it's really important that you have a thorough power of attorney document. So then, General, what happens if they're not able to sign a power of attorney? If the person with dementia is not able to understand and sign a power of attorney, then that's that's when we might need to get the court involved. So typically, you'd want to work with an attorney to seek a guardianship. And what you're doing with the guardianship is you're asking the court to be appointed as the person's guardian. That's especially true when it comes to financial decisions. I don't know if if you're married, if you've ever tried to call like the cable company on your spouse's behalf, if that if the cable bills in their name, typically the cable company won't talk to you. It's the same thing here and actually there a lot of times the financial institutions are even more strict about it. Just because you're married to someone doesn't mean you can just step in and take over their finances. You have to actually have a document that allows you to do so. I think the other thing to point out though too is when you get the courts involved, the person that ultimately may be appointed may not be the person that you want. You're absolutely right. There are a couple downfalls to a guardianship. Um, first of all, it's expensive. It's time-consuming because you have to go through the court system. So on average, we it takes us about three months for an easy guardianship to actually get that through. And like you said, Chris, the, the judge might actually appoint someone that you don't want to be making decisions for you at the end of the day. So if that really worries you and you want to plan in advance so that that doesn't happen in your situation, it's so critical that you put power of attorney documents in place appointing who you want to be making decisions for you at that point in time. Just because you sign a power of attorney document doesn't mean that you're giving up all your rights to make decisions for yourself right now. It's just important in case at some point in time you can't make those decisions. Financial exploitation is another huge risk when it comes to getting outside people involved in someone's long-term care. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we see this more and more often now. If this or any other type of abuse of of an elderly person is a concern for you, we always suggest that you contact your local area agency on aging. They have a dedicated department that actually investigates the situation. Sometimes we've even seen them have to bring in the police services. What you could do now, though, to try to avoid that type of situation is, again, you could have good documents in place, a good plan in place. So that means you need that good power of attorney, and you want to think it through. You want to make sure that the person you're appointing as your power of attorney is going to make good decisions for you, and they're really going to act in your best interest. One other thing to note is that now, oftentimes, children don't live in the same areas as their parents. A lot, What we see most of the time, really, is children are living on every different corner of the country. So we definitely have to address that when we're working when we're working with families. It's okay to have your power of attorney that lives in another state. Just make sure you're keeping that in mind when you're trying to figure out how this plan will work if you need care at some point in time or even if you just need help. 
It's also really important to make sure that you have a succession plan with your documents. What happens if the person you appoint now isn't able to act as your power of attorney? Make sure that you have backups and maybe even backups to those backups. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you to Kristen Doherty, Certified Medicaid Planner, and Attorney Jenna Franks from the law firm of Steinbacher Goodall and Yurchak. We'll be back next week to continue our discussions on Elder Care Radio. Thanks for listening to Elder Care Radio. Join us again next Sunday at 10 a.m. on 93.3 and 1390 WRSC. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. This has been a production of the Law Offices of Steinbacher, Goodall, and Yorchak, and Forever Media.